No, after a second look, he's not winning a game. I'm sorry. My team's bad, too, and we can tear mine apart as well, but I think Phil understands that. Like, we're just rebuilding. There's no chance. And I probably fuck OBJ. <laughs> September 16, 2019, a letter showed up to Commissioner Ben Berger's personal address. Children seated, gather around. It's Uncle Dusty story time. It's the Hatfields and the McCoys. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Pat Mahomes laying on the field. A newcomer, Young Hoku. Esteemed gentlemen and Patrick, this is the Administration Podcast. This is a wild game of survival. All right, so I don't know if you guys have uh, seen my text, but I texted a couple days ago. Uh, if you're looking for a show, McMillian's documentary, it's, it's worth your while, but I might spoil it a little bit. Um, essentially it's about the monopoly McDonald's monopoly, um, in the early two thousands, it was all a scam while everyone was collecting their big Macs and their big fries thinking they're going to win the big bucks. It was never to be because some dude was stealing every single big ticket money winner. Um, it's you're real into this dude. I was so into it. Uh, six episodes. If you don't love Officer Matthews by the end of the series or the uh, season, um, I'll be shocked. He's a character. It's a great documentary, worth your time. But anyways, long story short, wanted to kick things off and start with a question um, to get our, our gears going here. If you had the choice of taking two years in prison or $14 million, for $14 million, for $14 million would you do it? So two, two mil- years in prison. Two years in prison. For fourteen. But after your sentence, fourteen million dollars. Two years of your life. What, what kind of prison are we talking? So that is that's a question I thought of too. Um, let's just, just say like it's maximum a, security. Like, let's say it's a Michigan prison, Jackson prison, right in the slap in the middle of the state. Is it two years like from today's date, like? You don't get to pick the point in your life because obviously it would change if you had kids. If you're recently divorced, you might just take it. Like I might eat two years to come out the other side. It's right now as we speak, 730 days from May 6th. So you got 730 days in the pen. 
for fourteen million dollars as a thirty. I, I don't think I would do. I think time, time's, time's too, too valuable. valuable. I don't think I could now. I think What's I could the, if I was like eighteen. Yeah, you have so I much. The younger I am, I think the younger I am, the less I'd want to. I didn't want to do a study abroad because I didn't want to miss a Friday night party. Fourteen million. <laughs> You're set for life. You can party all all your all I life. I don't care. I was so glad JH went abroad. I did not want to leave because I did not want to miss ski party, man. Like I'm not leaving for a party. That's how short sighted I was. <laughs> so what's the do- would you take it, Brian? I don't know. Not now. I think now with the family, I think I would s- certainly discuss it heavily because all also too like if the family's on board, you get two years. Um, and fourteen million after that, dude, your your family set for life, and your the general's not taking you for life, dude. If you invest it wisely, you know, it's for sure taking you for life if you invest it wisely. So, I mean, are you are you thinking are you thinking about it? Am I hearing that you're thinking about you're considering it right now? For I would have to have a talk with the family and decide what's best. Okay, but I'm Bill, not I'm you? not I'm not crossing it off the list. It's not it's not not doable. I saw you today and, and hear you say you want to talk to the family with that mustache. I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's like more impactful on the podcast than it was. I don't, the, the, mustache, the mustache is definitely more pronounced over FaceTime. Yeah. Oh, yes. God, I don't I don't think I could. I think now makes it much harder. I think earlier on, it'd be like a no-brainer. Two, 18 to 20? Sweet. Done. A no-brainer? I'll catch you guys junior year. <laughs> For seven mil a year, seven God, mil. I think, buried in the I, think I could have earlier. Earlier is so. I could have like when I was at UCF. I could have for sure. Yeah, the, yeah. I could two see years, dude. That. Two years, just grind it out. I ground. I think ground I'm, out two years in Pickerington, Ohio, you, dude. That's you could lose shake. your sanity though. How many people come out of there with mental health issues? That's you're not in that. solitary. Okay, yeah, but what unless about you, what unless if, you do something? You're a hundred. I mean, that's how true. much do you? I mean, pay? that's almost guaranteed. I don't want to tell you. Actually, this this taps on Me? one of my fears, dude. Yeah, like going to jail and like you're gonna have the bloods after you. You're gonna have the skinheads after you. You gotta fight them. Like, I'm sorry, I think I'm passing. Then, then that's you what I'm about. Fighting. We're sucking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only downside to that. Like, the it's... only downside. It's a no brainer. <laughs> How how much do you weigh, DK? I'm a buck forty, soaking wet. So you're a buck forty. Five nine, five ten. You'd almost have to put yourself in solitary. You'd be a I start, I start tattooing myself and I join some some clan, dude. If you could see the way that he tilted his head when he said you and I are sucking, bro. Tattoos are not gonna keep you from being abused. No, That's actually. True. Actually, I'm a delicate BH. It would be bad news. <laughs> Justin and uh, Pums and I in our uh, society, we 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 heard this guy talk, and he talked about surviving jail. He was like, he would have been like any of us, and he was in there for like I think laundering or something. And he got pulled aside right away, and he's like, every guy is gonna. It was a jail in Texas. He's like, every guy is gonna try and fight you, and that you have to fight even if you know you're gonna lose. So he kept getting the shit kicked out of him. Only to avoid having to join the skinheads or to join one thing, dude. I'm sorry, I would not want to get in all those fights over and over again. That would be like, and if you don't, if you give in, then all of a sudden you have to join that crew, or, and people come after you. They try and shank you. I don't know. 14 mil, and I've I've got like 
I don't everyone in the league right now. I've got the least to give up to do it. I don't. It, I would do it if it was like a plush prison. So yeah, white collar would be much easier. Let's say, let's say it's still what we think it is. It's like maximum security. It's a, it's not a great setup. Not that any of them are. BK's a maybe. Berg's fourteen million. No, I think I'm a no. What amount puts you over the edge? He's not there. I'm gonna. Th- I'm going to say the amount that gets me to go for two years, you got to at least double it. Maybe like a year, like 10 a year or like 15 a year. If you double it, I'm like, okay, maybe. Maybe Jack's behaving by the time you get out. Right. It's it's true. (laughs) I'd sleep for two years. Hey, here's the other good thing. (laughs) Here's the other good thing. Like you go in. You know you're going to be well. Your family's going to be well taken care of because, like BK and I, you know, we watched, we we'd handle Luis, like take care of the fam. Like you'd be in good hands. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You'd have good people around him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like your family would have a good support network while you're in, and you could just look at it like, like Brian said, like that's your job. Like you're going there for to work for two years. That's true. It's like you're going overseas, except for (laughs) 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 only you could see Ben's face now. You still get. You'd still get visits, conjugal visits, and things like that, like every prisoner gets. Oh man, you're not in the you're not in the slammer. You're such a different person though when you came out. Oh, for sure, dude. That's a that's a thing to think think about. I think Brittany would like a prison hardened Brian. I think so too, (laughs) with the stash. (laughs) Twenty twenty one, we think about me. I could wait a year, but I shouldn't wait three. I don't wanna be Twenty twenty one we think about us Copper goes green steel beams go rust Boy. It's a matter of God. Well, boys, why don't we uh, talk about the news of the hour? Let's let's dive into a little draft before our guests come on. Um, what do you guys think about overall? What, how do you feel about what the Lions did? Well, it's always exciting when you take uh, a position player like Swift, so I'm sure we'll find a way to screw him up. But if you were going into the draft, arguably the best running back in the draft we got in the second round, so that's a win. Yeah, I love the Swift pick. Um I was a little disappointed we couldn't trade back, but it doesn't sound like there were many suitors or any suitors at all. So um, I'm happy with what we did there. Um, but DeAndre Swift, I was really excited to see he landed um, in our spot. And if you're Cam Brown, you got to be a little nervous with on Johnson. I think he he's on his way out. Like I, I was watching Twitter today um, and saw some tweets about on Johnson going for like a second or a third round what? rookie pick. Oof. Um, I, th- I don't think it's that drastic, but I think um, injury is certainly a concern, and DeAndre Swift wasn't drafted just to be a 20% guy. So um, certainly something to be nervous about, but happy to be about um, for a Lions fan. Yeah, I think the fact that we got uh, almost, I mean, certainly arguably the best player at two positions with our first two picks has to be something you like. Um, moving into positions as far as Dynasty is concerned, 
How do we feel about where the quarterbacks went, just starting with the quarterbacks? You have Joe Burrow obviously going to Cincinnati. Tua's going to Miami. You have uh, the Justin Herbert going to the Chargers for starters. What do you guys feel about those three landing spots? I think Herbert's going to sit a year, I, I, or or at least he won't start the starter. I mean, they got Tyrod Taylor. I think that they'll kind of roll with him. And Ty- Taylor's done that before where he's done it a little bit in front of Baker. So I think he'll sit there. Um, yeah, I think Burrow's going to be great. I do. I think I actually think the Cincy offense, if the offensive line can improve, He's got a decent stock of wide receivers there and, you know, Joe Mixon. So I, I look for Burrow to be fine. Yeah, I, I thought agree I don't that. know if it's uh, just, a, just a reflection of this draft and how quality the players are or the fact that they went to good landing spots. But um, I, I agree with you, Burks. And I think Cincinnati's first round pick last year, if I'm not mistaken, was an offensive lineman. And he had a season ending injury in camp. So they get that talent added to the squad as well, which they didn't have all year. That could make a huge difference in their offensive production. Um, and then two to Miami, maybe not as many weapons, but certainly uh, keys to the race car, as you would. And um, I heard the Chargers say that they would have drafted Tua or Herbert uh, if either had gone to them, which I think is probably a little obvious. But um, yeah, I, th- I think they have some upper upper echelon quarterbacks in this year's draft i actually think miami and Tua are going to be kind of could be a good fantasy offense definitely it should be in a lot of garbage time games if nothing else yeah i think All it's right, going to take him a from, while to develop a little bit too though just because the injury i think yeah i don't know he'll be good though i i like him moving from quarterback to running back and staying away from the obvious Chiefs uh, draft pick and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. BK, what was your favorite landing spot as far as Jonathan Taylor to the Colts, Swift to the Lions, Dobbins to the Ravens, or Akers to the Rams? I think it's pretty obvious to me. Um, Jonathan Taylor just had a sweet landing spot. I think one of the best offensive linemen in the entire NFL. I know Marlon Mack is there, um, but I think Jonathan Taylor is kind of that future. He is just a stud, and I think they're going to get a lot out of him. Um, I know Phillip Rivers is a quarterback. He's getting up there in age, so um, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. And um, though Marlon Mack is there, I still think Jonathan Taylor is going to be the pick at 101 or 102, depending on what Pat um, likes in, in those two Um Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Jonathan Taylor. But I, I really think the landing spot, the best overall for me is Jonathan Taylor. J.K. Dobbins is going to sit for a year, and Swift is maybe in a timeshare too. So um, Cam Akers is interesting. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I think J.T. for me is is a great spot. Bergs, where do you fall on those four? You know, if I'm like um, – if I'm a team that's, that's stacked or in our league like a Mally or um, – I've got a little bit of luxury. I think like a zigging play would be to go Dobbins or value Dobbins a little bit higher because I love that landing spot for him. And I love the talent. Um, I think if you're patient, I just want any part of that Lamar kind of run heavy Baltimore offense. That scheme fits really nice with him. I don't, I do think Taylor's probably more talented, but damn, I would love to get Dobbins in that scheme. You? Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think I've always kind of felt like uh, Acres was 
um, not given his due, given his limited production in college due to Florida State being um, pretty bad during the time that he was there and had, having such an off bad offensive line. I mean, they were they had like a group of five level offensive line, if that one of the worst in the country. Um, and I think depending on what happens with the offense and Henderson and how they choose to use him, he's really good with his hands out of the backfield. He's really good in, in blitz protection. Um, and I think he could easily find himself being the most productive back of the five that we talked about uh, coming out of this rookie class, even despite the other good landing spots. It's just such a good draft overall. It's hard to go wrong with any of them. All right, so 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 that's a, kind of the running backs. When we talk about pass catchers, it's arguably one of the deepest drafts, um, and a lot of talent went off the boards in the first two rounds. Brian, where do you stand on on guys you really like as far as receivers? Yeah, so this is um, this is going to be a really interesting draft because I think a lot of the the wide receivers that were, ta- I mean, the wide receiver talent was was deep, but I think some of the spots in which they landed are kind of interesting. I know two of the names that. Um, were quite hot during the draft for Jerry Judy and then C.D. Lamb. Um, but both kind of join offensive teams that um, kind of have a lot to offer. So Jerry Judy is going to be competing with Sutton. I know I forget the name off the top of my head of the other uh, wide receiver. I mean, they're going to have some depth um, in the offense for Denver. So I think Jerry Judy is going to be really good. Um, I think he's still potential wide receiver one, but he's going to be competing with with some targets. So my other CD Lamb interesting landing spot is Dallas, and I believe he's wearing Michael Irving's 88. So he's got a lot to live up to and a lot to um, combat with as far as Amari Cooper, a uh, little Blake Jarwin tossed in there. So he's got uh, Zeke to com- contend with too. So those are interesting spots, but I think those two are going to go high in our draft and do well, even though there's going to be com- competition for targets uh, their first year and so on. But one I really like and I think um, is going to kind of step into a role that was left by Diggs is Justin Jefferson. I think him going to Minnesota is going to be really beneficial to him because he kind of walks into wide receiver one territory right off the bat. Other, I mean, he's opposite feeling. So he's going to get a lot of looks. Um, I'm really excited to see what he has to do. Um, and then also my my dud of the wide receiver um uh, draft was Henry Ruggs. I think he was the first off the board. He goes to Oakland, but uh, his speed kind of worries me. I know speed is what everyone wants to see, but we've seen John Ross and a couple others um, in years past that are super speedy and don't live up to the hype. Henry Ruggs going to Las Vegas um, doesn't bode well for him, in my opinion. So those are just some of my thoughts on the wide receivers, but it's stacked. So second round pick is is going to be kind of fun to see who who takes who and who hits on those picks. Bill, what about you? Yeah, it's tough not to echo what Brian was saying, just given the depth of the class. Um, There are some inviting landing spots, though. You have Rager going to Philly. Um, I know New York people don't look at maybe as a powerhouse offense right now, but I think if you pair Mims with uh, Sam Darnold, that could be a big hit. Um, People love the Michael Pittman to the Colts. Uh, be opposite T.Y. Hilton as well. Um, I'm not as high on that one necessarily, but um, I'm loving sitting there in the first round knowing that the talent, no matter what, is going to be there at that pick. Yeah, I can see that. Any um, duds for you? Um, duds for me, I'd, 
I love Chenault leading up to it, and I just don't like the landing spot. Um, that offense seems so dysfunctional. The organization in Jacksonville is so dysfunctional. Um, I'm worried about my running back there, but I'm also concerned that someone with that talent level isn't going to be able to walk in and separate in terms of consistent targets and production in the fantasy world. Sure. Berg, how do you feel about the wide receivers? A dud, well, a dud for me is interesting because is Rager because I'm just down on Wentz and the Eagles offense. Like, I, like I really liked Rager going in, and I just, to me, Carson hasn't been someone who can consistently. He doesn't tar. He seems to spread it around a bunch because he doesn't give anyone great fantasy one production. So I'm just worried about Rager. He may be a better real life player than he is fantasy player. Um, you know, an, an underdog that I like that hasn't been mentioned is Michael Pittman. Just because I'm buying anything that's happening in Indianapolis, I think um, Philip Rivers can get it to him. And I think that, um, you know, he's got T.Y. Hilton on opposite him. And that's going to he's going to be single covered. And I think that's a name out of USC that could could be good. Obviously, I'm a Judy fan. And I think CeeDee Lamb is in, in Dallas are going to be epic. But um yeah, those are some some names outside of the box a little bit. Well, boys, that's the draft in a nutshell. Um, unfortunately, you guys don't have any picks. Bill, we don't, but you do. If do. the draft yeah. happened this moment and you were on the clock, predicting who is one before, you know, kind of in your head predicting who's gone before you, the Cloud Nine Lives are selecting who and why. Um. I well, I know there's going to be a level of talent there that's probably not there in the past. So I'm comfortable going in, and I'm, I was comfortable making the trade, knowing the pool of players I was going to definitely get to choose from. Um, if there's a running back available, I'm probably taking them. Um, if not, I think probably one of Jefferson, Rager, Mims, Pittman is there. T. Higgins as well. So I, I'm probably not going Higgins with a Boyd. Um, but I don't have anyone in Philly's offense with Rager. I could, I would love to take Jefferson, given what BK described about his situation as well. So one of those guys. Okay. Well, on that note, Brian, I think it's time that, uh, such as tradition, we follow uh, into our next guest interview. Let's get to it. I'm excited. We have Dan and Sharon Rankin up next. Find yourself a girl and settle down. Live a simple life. keeping you on too um just like i had to stay on when my parents were on yeah i'll awkwardly sit here and cringe the whole time yeah for sure like like you'll get you'll get some say sometimes but so dan sharon thank you so much for joining us i'm sure you had plenty other options in quarantine um but the podcast is certainly glad to have you we started with this question too um 
for either of you. How did you guys meet? Oh my gosh. I thought this was supposed to be about football. <laughs> no. Actually, you're going to quickly find out. Not, we're more of a pop culture podcast. <laughs> Ben likes ah, to think of us yeah. as more of a lifestyle podcast than a fantasy podcast. Well, this is a lifestyle podcast. We were, we were uh, sabotaged. No, we were not Dan sabotaged. You and, and I were neighbors when we were in high school. Actually, when we were in middle school. Yeah, she's the girl middle next door. <laughs> wow. For real. For real. So, uh, not exactly next door, but I started dating Dan when I was 16. Wow. And it's been ever since? Pretty much. We had we had a a one year sort of going our separate ways before we got married, obviously. But um Did we yeah. get married? We did. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you oh, both go funny. to U of M? We did. Okay. Yeah, I went first, she went second. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's older than me. No, I was two years ahead of her. So we graduated at the same time because I went to grad school. You graduated the same year I graduated yeah. from grad school. Yeah. yeah. And so then, obviously, you did get married. How did you uh, propose? Ooh. Do you oh, remember? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> she, I almost killed her. She, <laughs> she proposed to me. That's a big lie. <laughs> we were at the cottage in Lelona. We were up over Christmas and New Year's at my parents' cottage. This is a big lie. And she said... <laughs> Hey, we're talking about things we should do in the next year. And she said, well, I can think of one thing we should do in the next year. I said, what's that? She said, well, I think we should probably get married. You actually said this, right? Uh, I think I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> Later, I had to give a more formal proposal with the ring and all that stuff. But she was the, she was pushing the idea. She proposed to me. That's hilarious. So you guys get married and you you live downstate. Um, both kids are born downstate. I think I know the answer to this, but what brought you to Traverse City? Or the general well, north, have, the north, we'll say. Well, we had a cottage right on Lime Lake that you and Brian and mm-hmm. Bill obviously have been to. So we had already bought that in 1992, I want to say. Something right. like that. Yes. Right. My parents, have, we've always had a family cottage on Little Traverse Lake. So we knew the area really well. We bought our own place in nine, first at the homestead for a couple of years. And then in 92, we bought the place on Lime Lake. So in 2000, uh, our company went public and I participated. So I retired for a while and we said, okay, we can live anywhere we want. Let's not live in Okemos, Michigan. Let's move up north. Because we already got the house, right? So that's how we ended up there. And Bill, how old were you when this move happened? Uh, I was in eighth grade. I was going were into you, eighth grade. Were you really pumped about it, or were you emo about it? Were you really upset? I was. I was not. I was promised a go kart to like appease me <laughs> to get to come up, and then For we real? got up and we toured Glen Lake schools. And we went to the middle school area and they said, this is the middle school hallway. And I was like, what do you mean hallway? It was K through, it was K through 12 and the middle school had one hallway with like eight rooms. And that was it. It was quite the culture shock. Bill seriously wanted to kill us. He was not. And how, how long did you guys stay or how long did you stay at Glen Lake, Bill? Only a couple of years, right? Two years. Yeah. Only two. 
We made a deal with the kids when they moved up there because they moved from a class A big school like Traverse City. And um, Katie was already really pumped, but Bill was having no part. I mean, Bill wasn't very excited about it at all. So the deal was try it. And if you can't tolerate it, if it's really not working for you, there's school of choice. We can figure out how to make this work somewhere else. And so Katie only had a couple years of school left. And so she finished at Glen Lake. But Bill, after a couple years, said, okay, uncle, I can't take this anymore. So Okay, but let it be known. Bill, did you get that go-kart? I, I sure ask. did. Yeah, I sure <laughs> did. Bill, you oh. had a go-kart? Yeah, how awesome was that? Yeah. And that's what you wanted? You had like your pick of like whatever you wanted and you chose a go-kart? Go-kart for sure, yeah. Go-kart's a prized possession, man. I've always go-kart, wanted a go-kart. It was still around. It, it, is? Went 30, it went 37 miles an hour. <laughs> Where is it? Where's, 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 where's right the now? go-kart? It's at, it's at my sister's farm. <laughs> my nephew fun. rides it. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Who let you ride it? Your, sure le- your legacy. Yeah. So yeah, Bill's, was- Bill's teenage angst is what brought him to, to Traverse City Central. I thought his golf prowess brought him there. Well, it's both, I think. Okay. Okay. At what point did you guys know you were dealing with a child prodigy? <laughs> we're talking about Katie or Bill? Oh, you're such a brat. Such a brat. I'm talking about Tiger Woods here with his he was hitting wood driver today out driving us. What was oh the um, probably when I mean I think his first hole in one was when he was eleven or something. And I was like, oh, huh, gosh. He, might, he might really like to do this. I got a hole in one at Pirates yeah, Cove when I was eleven. <laughs> Dang. Do you all remember that Big Ten commercial Bill did? Yes. That yeah, is that really true that he broke his he broke his arm or broke uh, a limb and was unable to do active more active sports so he picked up golf like like yeah. got real into golf. Yep. Well, he was I think already decided to get really into golf, right? I think uh-huh. maybe that just turned the corner for him. Uh, I don't think so. What He's... grade were you when you when you broke your leg? Ninth. Eighth or ninth? Ninth. No, ninth? I thought it was ninth. Yeah, I thought it was eighth. It was ninth grade. Yeah, because he couldn't do anything. So you he wasn't in golf before ninth grade, really? No, I played. I just wasn't. Okay. I honestly just wasn't very good, and I truthfully used this like weird weighted swing weight club, and I got like six shots better while I broke my leg. I came out the next summer and I was like, I was way better than I had been before. So yeah. would it shock you if I told you all that the recording of that commercial took? Three to four times longer because Bill was so hungover from being at Michigan no. State the night before. We, <laughs> no, it, it would not shock us because we already knew the story. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, you did. The makeup lady looked at him and goes, Jesus Christ, what did you do last night? Oh, I didn't know that story. Oh, yeah. That's can... really funny. Done it, rapper done right, an extinguished crutch of a roller inside. Yellow fingers, nothing lasts, but nearly everything lingers in life. Cell phone service is not that expensive, but that takes commitment and you just don't have it. Feel so effortless to be a stranger, but feeling foreign such a lonely habit. You can't crop yourself out of the picture, out of focus, but still frame you inside. Well, the end got blurry and my heart started hurting. Uh, what about your guys's? I mean, you both attended U of M. What was your favorite college memory? 
And it could be together, it could be not. Um, but what's your favorite college tale? Probably one of them for me is probably tubing in the arb. What? Which is which is train 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 in the arb train in the arb. You you'll have to explain there's, that for them. They don't know that. There's a big uh, like arboretum outside, flowers, trees, the whole thing. Big park. Mm-hmm. Big park, okay. and just north of uh, Central Campus. So when it snowed, no, we went traying. So you you would steal the metal trays from the cafeteria from the dorms and go out at you know on Friday or Saturday night with beer and whatever else uh-huh. and go train down the hills because you didn't have sleds, right? You were college kids. It was fun. It was a blast. So Dan, this one's specifically for you because I know you're an audiophile. And uh I know that like what's the most what's the what's your favorite record you've had of all time or your most prized record that you ever had? Oh. Um, wow, wow. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at my vinyl, but probably are you talking about records or you CDs or anything? Records. I'd have to go look at my stash. I, I have a good record that's scratched. That's um, a collection of from Wyndham Hill. It's a collection of piano music called uh, Grand Piano, I think, that I really like. And then the follow-up question is, you know the exact you you know exactly where a seat should be, where a person should sit in order to achieve the best listening experience in a stereo setup. Is that correct? Yeah, like you know what, it too. It's right dead center between the speakers, as far as as far back as it's comfortable for you to listen. It depends more on the room than anything else. Okay, and and then the and the speaker setting should be two channel. St- it should just be stereo, right? Like you should never mess with any of that. No, it's fine if you're listening to if you want to listen to classical music. Probably you want to use a stereo setup. But if you're watching a movie. Completely different experience, right? No, I'm talking strictly music. It should be. I, I always flip it to two channel stereo if it's music, and I've got a left and a right speaker. That's it. Yeah. Am I am yeah. I doing it wrong, or is that is that good? No, no. You want to you want to hear it stereo, and you want to sit in the middle though. Yes, I sit right in the middle, like an equilateral triangle. I used to be my best room ever, and we've had a few theater rooms. Was this rental house we had in Royal Oak, where I had a whole. 15 by 15 empty bedroom to myself. So I set up the stereo and one chair. One chair. <laughs> All was in that room. And it, was, it was carpeted. I remember that. I can see I remember that because um, I had to drive your guys' pickup truck because uh, my car got broken Wait, into at the Lions game. That's the place. Yes, <laughs> that's the place. That was I, I, that. That's when you reach legendary status for me because I go, this guy's doing it right. Like there's one chair in here and two speakers. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I have those speakers with me here in Florida. I bought them at a really neat stereo shop on Woodward Avenue in Royal Oak. If you ever want to find a good stereo, play, I think this guy's still in business. I remember ripping your Procol Harum record at uh, the Hannah Street. Bill and I were just ripping that. That's a good record. You had a lot of good records. That is a good record. I only have about well, we all my records got when we moved to Florida. My records all got wet. All I had to throw uh, all the album covers away. Oh. We ordered new blank album covers, and Sharon found a site where you could print 
like a little picture of what the original album cover looked at. We printed it on labels. So I just bought all new sleeves and all new album covers and put these labels on them. Wow. So they sort of look like they used to. They just don't have the original covers. Yeah. So about how many do you have, Dan? I probably only have about 40 or so. Well, that's not true. Oh, come on. You have more than 40. No, I probably have 40. Under, maybe I have 100, but no okay. more than 100. Okay. That's a good uh, start. You want to know somebody who has a lot of albums, a lot, like more than you could ever dream of, is Andy Connell, my sister's ex-husband. And I think they offload them. He might be. He might be because well, he got divorced. Oh, and there you he, go. <laughs> and he didn't have a big enough vehicle to call, haul all his stuff back to Virginia. So talk, right. I'll talk to my sister. Actually, I'll talk to Andy if you want. Yeah, send me a contact yeah. info off air. We definitely would uh, take a road trip to take him off Andy's hands. Media mail is <laughs> pretty cheap these days, too. When Sharon and I were looking for the second Traverse City house, we got to one of the houses that was uh for sale that we that i looked at without sharon with the realtor was an old lady in a nice little subdivision right at the base of the peninsula and her she was selling the house because her husband had passed away but he had this gorgeous collection of like 300 classical albums and i i said to the realtor i said you know i don't want to buy this house but i want to talk to this lady (laughs) I bet she's going to sell this stuff. And then I never followed up. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Bummer. So it sounds like a regret. Um, (laughs) Speaking of regrets. um, Yeah. No, we're not. We're not going down that route, guys. Um, But I I am interested to hear about uh, pet peeve you have. Any pet peeves? Anything that grinds your gears over there? (laughs) That grinds my gears about what? Anything. Anything. Do you have? Do you just have any a, pet peeve? In general, what's a and huge pet peeve? It does not have to be a marital pet peeve at all. We don't want to start any of that. I can't think of any of those anyway. So, good answer. I don't know. Nothing bothers you too. What well, about Bill? Pet say, peeve of Bill, like something oh, that bothers oh, you about I Bill. Now I can think of one. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Not about Bill. Okay, I, I have this fantasy when I've done all this driving back and forth to Michigan or to Florida, or to Colorado. I like to drive, so I would rather drive than fly. But I cannot stand getting behind somebody who's putzing. And I have this fantasy of wanting to have an inspector gadget type arm that I can extend out from my car, and it will grab the person in front of me that's fooling around, and it will pick them up and move them over. And that, that's my pet peeve. I just, you know, stay right except to pass. I really would like a big sign or a mechanical arm or something. Yeah, but you haven't done much done much driving in a while, right? Since the pandemic. Oh no, I haven't done any. Why don't you tell them about one of your pet pee- pandemic pet peeves? Oh, P. pandemic I pet peeve. I don't, I don't know which one you're talking. Oh about. Oh my God, you have a hundred of them. They all involve <laughs> social distancing <laughs> or the lack thereof. Well, I think all of us have those. Tell them. I, I don't know which particular one you're talking okay. about. Okay. I okay. I have one. I, I've been making a lot of masks, and so I'm now down to the point where people are wanting me to match their golf shirt, or <laughs> they would like me to, once I give them a mask, they would like to call and tell me how they've been on an exercise fitness kick since this pandemic, and they've lost 352 pounds and 45 inches, and they would like me to alter all their shorts. <laughs> like, I, I don't 
want their grubby shorts in my hand. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, so Sharon, Sharon, this just came to me, and it's like if I don't ask this question right now, it Uh-oh. may forever get lost. Can you give us the recipe for the Ziploc bag omelets right now? Yes, sir. On air. Yes, sir. I can. Well, hold on. That came from Bill's golf coach. Yes. Bob I, only, I only ate Sharon, so I think it came from Sharon. <laughs> you know, you know Bob Lober. Oh, Bob Lober did that? Yes. yes. I, like, I still like it better if it's like it's like kind of my thing if it's from Sharon. Like it just tastes better. Well, I think it's from Bob Lober. It's just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not he's not. Just like I him <laughs> handling a Ziploc bag doesn't appeal to me. Yes. Okay, so it's a quart Ziploc freezer bag. Two eggs, whatever cooked meat that you would like. You have to cook the meat ahead of time. So bacon, sausage, ham, whatever. You don't have to cook the ham, but oh, bacon. you have to cook the meat ahead of time. You have to cook the bacon oh. and the sausage. Um, any veggies you want, any cheese you want, a tiny bit of butter in each baggie, and salt and pepper. And people label their bags. They make their omelet. You squish it around. You seal it. You put butter in. Just a little bit. That's a new ad. Mm. But it makes it it makes it more moist. Mm. Um, and boiling water, thirteen minutes. Boom, you're done. Okay, oh, pop it in boiling water. Okay, perfect. Um, well, that's our, our new. Uh, that's a a whole new podcast. Plastic bag boiling today. I think you two would be really good on a cooking podcast because you just <laughs> question in amazement if she Absolutely. lists what she's going to cook. <laughs> so Dan, follow up. Um, what do you do for food if Sharon's gone? Well, back in the old days, before the pandemic, I would go to the grocery store every day, buy whatever I was going to eat for dinner, and cook it. Um, This is true. I would go to the grocery store every day. Let's go through the repertoire of what you would cook to eat. It's fine. I can cook hamburgers. I can heat up chicken that I got at the grocery store already pre-cooked. Yeah, rotisserie chicken. I can make beef sandwiches. Yes. I can heat up soup. Yes. Keep going. I can put other things on the grill. Yes, you could. You could grill. I can cook. I can grill. Yeah. He's a regular Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Sharon, I mean, I, I, I just, your cooking is just always a the the breakfasts are legendary. I mean, that's like a childhood. I mean, that's just like a growing up staple for everyone. I think. Yay! Oh, I do volume well. I have a yeah, very yeah. hard time curbing. I think it I've down. dabbled in a couple of omelets here and there with the the Ziploc bag from you guys. I think that was such a great idea. 
Good. Um, quick question for you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, yeah. God. I didn't realize we were getting interviewed here. I would have prepped No, I thought this was about football. Guys, we're a lifestyle podcast. Yeah, I thought yeah, Bill yeah. would have prepped you. I thought Bill, yeah, Bill, I at least showed my parents some of the questions. Bill just really threw you under the bus. Yeah, he did. You go first. I know what mine would be. I, my superpower? I don't know. Uh, other than my Inspector Gadget crane. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's solid. I want to teleport so I don't have to drive. Oh, to that would be a great that superpower. That would be a wonderful superpower. Yeah. What's yours, Okay, Dan? go ahead. What's your superpower? I, I don't really need a superpower. I just need my hearing restored to what a normal person <laughs> would be. And that would be superpower enough for me. All right. Situational questions. This one's going to be another hard one. Well, it might be. So you're road tripping from Maine to San Diego. You have to bring three people. They can be living or dead, but they cannot be relatives. Like you can't bring your spouse. You can't bring your kids. Who are you bringing? Where am I going again? Maine to what? A long you're driving country. cross, driving cross oh, country. It's like, huh. You have to go first. I have to think about this. I would bring uh, Puccini. I would bring a translator who speaks Italian and English. <laughs> Can I get one more person? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Beethoven's freaking deaf, so that's not going to be one. Another <laughs> <laughs> like Chopin or one of the French guys or Rimsky-Korsakov, a, a classical composer. So you're going to be super heavy on entertaining music, but I don't know that it'll be like the, the most fun conversation. Oh, probably not. <laughs> Perfect. Who would wow, you bring, sir? I don't know. So um, you're bringing, wait, hold on. You're bringing an Italian composer, a translator, and who was the third? Chopin? Another composer, like Mozart okay. or a French composer <laughs> or Wolfgang or Sharkovsky or... You know, I, love, I love you so much. You could pack like CDs in the car and then, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could use Spotify too. Yeah, yeah, you too. Man, I don't know. It would have I to. Be, it would have to be. A, it would have to be male, right? Because a woman you don't know in a car for five days. <laughs> Not to <in> be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mom, what do you have? I don't, I don't know. I'm really struggling with this. I one, I would bring Michelle Obama. Oh uh, yeah, it's a good pick. Um, and I'm struggling. I have to pick two more. I don't know. I'm struggling with that. Um, hmm. Oh, isn't there somebody that you listen to on a regular basis on one of these podcasts that you would like to meet? Not really. Hmm. <laughs> um, All right, Sharon. We'll give you an out because Michelle Obama's really a good pick. I think you're going to ha- be able to answer this question. What's the funniest um, moment, either of you too, what's the funniest moment you guys have had as a parent? We got a lot of young parents in the league. As a parent, I, I, I first have to jump to, as a grandparent, I am laughing my head off watching some of the antics of my grandchildren and their parents' reaction to it, going, "What? Why would you? Why would you think of doing something like this?" Because it's very funny to watch it happen in the next generation. 
Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I'm just going to say that as an aside. I would say anytime you go to a school conference, right? Meet, you, meet, you haven't met the teacher before. You're meeting the teacher for the first time. I think this was maybe in Okemos where we go to this conference. We went to one of Bill's conferences at a middle school or elementary school or something. And we, we step up, you know, in front of the teacher. She's sitting down. We're, we're all in line. Parents are all standing in line. I don't even know what he's going to say here. And okay. so we say, oh, hi, we're Bill's parents, blah, blah, blah. And she starts talking about how wonderful he is and how well behaved he is and what a joy he has to have in class. And finally, I, I turn around to the parent behind me to see if they're really talking about my son or perhaps the lady behind me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. The funniest thing as a parent. Or it could have been one of the um, those crazy ass things that Bill and Casey would do. Oh, the sports cast? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are pretty funny. Tell us more when about that. Where Bill was growing up in this house where he went to elementary school, right? And middle school. We had a furnished base, finished basement. And his buddy across the street was another big sports fan. So that's where he got his start in podcasting. We had a, you know, a VHF uh, recorder, right? They were big new. Old camera. Yeah. And they would put it up on the tripod. Either one guy would, no, they would put it up on the tripod and they'd sit on high stools with a little table in between them, <laughs> pretend they were on Sports Center, and they were the guys. And then he'd say, well, Casey, what do you think about so-and-so? And oh, my gosh. That's the camera awesome. would just run. Right? That's Never. awesome. That's adorable. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Adorable. I remember yeah. covering 49ers games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Do you all know yeah, why his know nickname why. is Nine Lives? No. But I'm afraid to ask. See, there are some <laughs> things that are better left. No, just know that he survived. But go ahead and tell us why it's not. Well, I mean, I think the statute of limitations might be up. We've been out of college for a decade. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not any specific one event, but like, so you guys know all of, all of us in the league, and you know that I don't know. There's lack of judgment for everyone has lack of judgment, but Bill is nine lives because consistently throughout the college years, he would do the craziest things or make put himself in places where you would probably lose a life. And he kept coming out of those unscathed and sometimes even better for it. And so we were like, this is unbelievable. This guy takes all these like risks, ends up in the craziest situations. And just like, he's like the guy slowly walking out with the tie, just a little loosened as things are exploding behind him. And he's just like, no worse for the wear. So he started getting the nickname Nine Lives because no one could just believe that he'd just come out of these situations like this. Yeah. I'm not surprised about this. Yes, I'm not either. I'm not either. The worst, also, injury, go ahead. The worst injury we know about that happened to him while he was sort of in your care was on one of these, oh, yeah. I think it was one of the bachelor party, bachelor party. Trip or North Carolina yeah, that was that hate bachelor party in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, that stuck with it for a while. It hurt for a while. 
Yeah. I bet it did. Probably the funniest. Okay, I have a funny tale of Bill when he was, I think he was still in high school. I can't remember. Yeah, I think he was still in high school. So it was at the cottage. And I got a call in the morning. Bill was home. Every, he was sleeping. I don't think there are any guys over. I think it was just Bill. And I get a call, and it's coming from Bill's cell on my cell. I'm like, huh. So I answer it, and the guy goes, is this mom? I'm like, who is this? He says, well, I just found this phone, and I called mom. And I'm like, really? So it's now starting to connect that somebody's calling me from Bill's phone, and Bill's phone is not with Bill. So this guy tells me that he's hiking the top of Sugarloaf and he finds Bill's phone. And I said, really? How about if I come and get this phone? So I came and got the phone. The guy tells me he's found it at the top of Sugarloaf. So I come home and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to deal with this. Because obviously Bill was not wherever he told us he was the night before. And he's now home in bed. And so I just set it on the counter and just nothing else around it. Just set it on the counter. Cause I knew if Bill got home and didn't know where his phone was, he was frantic and he was going to have a really hard time explaining why he no longer knew where his phone was. Okay. But hang on. He had already met these guys. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Right? But they weren't over. They were driving a car. They weren't over. Yeah. Um, and so Bill got up. It was precious because Bill got up sometime before noon, I think. Posied into the kitchen saw his phone, did a double take, <laughs> looked around the room, saw his phone again, did another double take, like, what the hell? How did this phone get here? I could not find it. I don't know where it was. That's and I, I think I finally fessed up and said somebody um, called me about his phone. But it was great to just watch his reaction and try and, like, figure out that how awesome. that was. Well, it's understandable how you would lose his phone like that, right? Because he would always he would always put your phone and your wallet and your keys and stuff in that little side pocket of a of a car door, right? Yeah, so probably not the best place. Oh, he was he was doing. We didn't want to know all the sugar loaf details. All I know is he didn't have a clue where his phone was. The phone was on the kitchen counter, and he had no clue how it got there. Miami girl, you got to behave. We were sipping some shandies, getting rolled by the waves. You were dripping all the sand off all them golden legs. When I'm whipping out the jammy girl, I entered the cave. Put back to square one, could you spare one square, son? About to feed that sand drum. Girl be singing something like, ooh, he's handsome. Hold you up for ransom. Don't be scared, huh? That's my anthem, no tantrum. Now you're looking at me like you wanna switch your man. Take your ass to Switzerland, get a tan, hit the fanny. Kids with the nanny, called up the granny. She only speaking Spanish like, You guys have been so good. We got a couple more questions, a couple good ones. Um, All right. What um, What's the best advice that you've ever received? Oh my gosh, you guys are killing us here. This is late to think of these kind of questions. The best advice. Okay, you have to go first. I have to think about this one again. Somebody's recording this. It's important that I think. Through I have no stuff. idea. You don't have any idea. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna stall here. Think of something. That's okay. We I can edit this can edit. and cut out all the dead space.
What are you doing with this if it needs to be edited? Well, what we sometimes just go on tangent. Sometimes we say, you know, we pause in the middle of recording and t- don't know what we're doing next. So yeah. Bill edits it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's a professional uh, production here. I, I guess it is. We, is upped our, of- we upped our listeners by four people because now the entire Burger family listens. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it brings us from 12 to 16. Okay. Okay. Here's the best advice I can think of. Okay. Uh-oh. Which is Uh-oh. when you're selling your house, somebody told us, we learned this early on, and some realtor told us this. Look, when you're selling your house, listen to your realtor when she tells you which things you got to fix before you put it on the market. That's true. That was good advice, right? That's good, solid advice, yeah. I like it. I can tell you some advice your mom gave me when the kids were little. Mm. She gave me this advice a lot. I don't know that she lived this advice, but she gave this advice a lot. She used to tell me that messy dirt wasn't dirty and dirty dirt was dirty. So if your kids made an enormous mess, it doesn't matter one iota. They should be able to make an enormous mess. And you should be able to live with an enormous mess of stuff. The only thing you should worry about is if it's germy or dirty. Oh. That was pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think I'm gonna Ben's going to advice. Ben's going to round us out here with the last question, but uh, we we do try and add some some sports questions too. So this has been uh, a debate, a heavily debated topic. Um, who who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? No explanation needed. Who who's a better basketball player? Michael Jordan. I would say, who cares? But um, <laughs> really, oh, come on, pick one. You got to pick one. I would one. say Michael Jordan. Okay. All right. Next question to spin it off the sports um, topic. Do you have a favorite um, athlete of all time? Doesn't have to be football, basketball, any sport. Hmm. I don't think I do. Oh, Desmond on. Howard. Desmond Howard. Okay. Desmond one. Howard. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. I Mom, where did people that I admired? I don't admire their personality, their their personal values very much anymore. You hear too much, and so. Who do you pull for these days, though? Who I pull for? I don't know. There's some it's a, like. It's okay to admit you're a Phil Mickelson fan. No, I'm not anymore, though, because he's kind of wacky. Um, Ever ever since... I'll I'll do Jordan Speed. Ever since you found out he was a wife swapper. Yeah, no problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. it. (laughs) I I, I wrote a quick one before, Ben. uh, This, I guess, is more geared towards Dan. Have you ever had a hole-in-one, Dan? No. And I've never even been close. Okay, so maybe uh, this would be a good question. Would you rather have a hole in one or five million dollars? <laughs> Dumbest You're question gonna... ever. That's a serious question. <laughs> he's, he's good for one stinker a pod. This is the I worst tried. question. I tried to get one in. Okay, <laughs> what amount of money would make you choose the money over the hole in one? That's better. How much money would it take to give up the a hole in one if you could have either or? Five hundred dollars, fifty dollars, a thousand dollars, five grand. 
Hey, how much is the whole one worth to me? Yeah, yeah there you go. Five dollars. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I threw out five million. Guys, guys. It's five million. Let me explain this to you. I thought you I were an avid know. golfer. Bill has played golf with me lots of times, and he knows how well I play golf. This year, for the first time in my entire life, I shot 89 one time. So I, I thought, hey, here's a good idea. I'm going to take my golf clubs. I'm going to put them. I'm going to get a really nice display case for the clubs. I'm going to put them in the living room and seal the case. <laughs> That's it. Do you all have any bucket list items? You know what Bill told me one time about golf? He said, Dad, you know why you really aren't any good at golf? <laughs> I, said, I said, no, why? He said, because you just don't take it seriously enough. <laughs> I can remember this. We were driving back from Sugarloaf to the house on Lime Lake in my blue Ford pickup when he told me that. Oh my god! There you go. It was well, true. It's not. Uh, but that's one of, it's it's also a lack of talent. I don't I don't remember that at all. Uh, okay, Bergs, ask that again, guys. Do you have any bucket list items? Yeah, we were talking about bucket list item the other day. It had something to do with travel. Travel. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see when and if we can do that, and how long it's going to be before we can. But oh. we all have a list of places that we'd like to go to that we've never been to. I want to go to New Zealand. There it is. Oh, I do want to go to New Zealand. Yeah. What What would be to... on your top five? What are the next uh, five trips you want to take? Portugal or Spain? The combination. We're going to Portugal. I know. Um, New Zealand, yeah. um, the Croatia, the the yeah. that part of the world. Yeah. Um. What about South Africa? Yeah, I would do that. I'd like to go to South Africa and um, Botswana. And that's four. Where else? I I could always go to Italy. I'd go to Italy every other week if I could do it. I'd love it there. Yeah, houses there are going to be really cheap soon. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> You're going to go. buy a house in Botswana or Lesotho. Okay, perfect. All right, final <laughs> question for you all. This is going to be the final. Um, again, it's just been a pleasure having you guys on. Gosh, it reminds me of being trying to sneak beer into the chalet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back to and tell your 20-year-old self something about life, what would you say? Uh, don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, that's very trite, but don't worry about stuff that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. I can't respond on a family podcast. So. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. Come on, come up with something you can respond. It's not a family, family podcast. We have 12 listeners. No, 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 no. You don't want to open up that door. We, we put it, we... We label it as explicit when we put it up anyway. Well, you know, do not encourage your dad, Bill. Cut that out. Don't let her kick you under the table. You got to share it with the league. You can't Cut leave us hanging. Go ahead. There's yes, you can. Let's do it. Come we on, Dan. Dan, let's Diesel. You can't think of anything rude? That's not good. All right, so 
Think of something else. You have else. to say it. You have to say something. I don't, tell your twenty-year-old self something. What would you tell him? Come on. Twenty-year-old self, I'm still in college. I haven't even graduated from college yet. So, what would you tell that person? What was your twenty-year-old self worried about or thinking about? Oh, get that hair transplant after all. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's going it's, it's to go out into the black hole and we're never going to know what he was going to say. <laughs> we'll dig that up. We'll dig that up. That'll be, We need to know what the real answer was. Really, I had nothing glib to come up with. <laughs> you guys are literally the best. It's just too good. I can't wait till one day. Hopefully soon you're making us all breakfast again and we're really hungry. Yeah, I can't that wait either. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you in the mitten in a, a little bit. Safe travels. Thank you very much. Thank right. you. Bye. Take you it easy, you guys. All right, boys. One last thing here. My mom texted me when we were done recording. She wanted to make sure she added two companions for her car ride across the country with Michelle Obama. And she happened to choose Emmy Lou Harris and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I just wanted to throw that in there. Hope you guys are enjoying the parents as guests. Um, they're some of our favorite podcasts of the year. We have some incredible guests coming up as well. And some more good music to fill out the pod. So uh, don't forget to call your moms, and we'll see you next week.